Hello and welcome to the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish and I will be your host. This is the weekly podcast that helps women pause in their busy lives, drop into the heart, and remember their next right step. I am so happy that you're here. Welcome to another episode of the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Avine Banish, and I'm really grateful today to have as a guest on Dr. Ashley Maltz. And um, I found Ashley through a collaborative group on Facebook of women physicians who are really doing amazing things in the world. And I'm so grateful that she has taken the time to be with us today. Ashley, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And um Ashley, you're located in Austin, Texas. Is that right? Yes. Where we've had, we fortunately just broke our um, eighth, the eighth longest drought in Austin's history. So just ended last week. Oh, that feels so refreshing, doesn't it? I'm in Colorado Springs and there have been times I grew up in the Midwest near Chicago. And so um, humidity and rain is never an issue there, but it really starts to play with the psyche if you haven't had rain in a really long time. Yeah, no, it's to watch everything dying around you and just it, there, it's so oppressively hot when it doesn't rain. It just, yeah, I'm so grateful that it finally thundered and stormed and, you know, let the good. Yes. Down. Yeah. Well, hopefully you will get kind of that even steady rain um, in the mm-hmm. community as well. So Ashley, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yourself, I know, um, I mean, I've shared your bio, but um, I would love to kind of hear your story and how you, I don't know, how you became this integrative physician interested in lots of different healing modalities. Well, that's a a good question. So <laughs> we may be here for a while. No, just kidding. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in a very health oriented family. My father's an optometrist and my aunt is a nurse and my cousin is a social worker in, in the hospitals and uh, another cousin in um, uh, occupational therapy. So it was always, and we're all neurotic about our health. So we would always constantly t- be talking about the latest and greatest and what's going on, um, and nutrition. I also grew up in a very, um, health oriented, like nuclear family, my actual mom and dad. And, you know, we, uh, she always cooked homemade food. You know, we, my dad is kind of obsessed with exercise and thankfully I got that bug as well. So it just became a natural progression to want to, um, also to help people. That's very much in my uh, in my life and in my personality. So looking at careers, you know, I was looking and I also had a very big fascination with psychology and, you know, that was my undergrad major. So, you know, I thought I kind of wanted to push myself and become a little out, put my, push myself out of my shell and really see how I could, uh, change the world on a big level you know, now knowing what I know, I, I suffered from a bit of a martyr syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to save the world. And, um, you know, so it just kind of grew from there. And then in my second year of medical school, fortunately, all the doors had opened, like somehow magically, I got into medical school when much more like studious people did not. 
um, or, or were waitlisted or whatever. So second year of med school, I we were in class and we actually had a professor of integrative family medicine, but he practiced integrative medicine at our at our school. And he came to talk to my class. Half of the class was asleep. The other half was like either laughing or just not interested and just pretending to be there. Um, and I was like, eyes bugging out, ears peaked and perked and, you know, just taking in every word. And I ended up going to, you know, work, you know, do rotations with him. His name's Dr. Victor Serpina. He's still practicing as far as I know. And, um, you know, he kind of put me on this path of the academic integrative medicine. And so that's how I got into it. I always knew that the power of the mind and the body, the connection, um, you know, my favorite books in med school were from by Rachel Naomi Remen, Dr. Remen, you know, love her books. Yep. Yeah. Um, kitchen table wisdom and just, just, so that just opened my eyes. I also read, um, Dr. Brian Weiss, the, uh, the soul, you know, many lives, many many masters. and I was just like, this is what I want to study. This is what I love. I I'm just more naturally drawn to it. Um, so Eventually, I did uh, intern my intern year and residency in internal medicine, and then eventually I ended up. It was again the doors opened, and somehow I was told about. It's a long story, and I don't want to bore your your listeners, but I ended up learning about a fellowship position in integrative medicine on the East Coast, and that fellowship position would also um, gain me entry into, or whoever, their fellow into the University of Arizona Distance Fellowship in Integrative Medicine. And I went and I, it was in Stamford, Connecticut, and I had never heard of Stamford, um, had never been to Connecticut. And I went to the interview and I was just like, I love this. I want to do this. This is it. Um, and they loved me, thankfully. And so it was, it was a match made in heaven. I was their first fellow ever at the hospital. And it was just, I still describe it as the best two years of my life. It was um, so supportive, so, you know, learning and knowledge-based, but also hands-on clinical and, you know, also got to do the Andy Weil fellowship uh, and they paid for it. They paid for my medical acupuncture training. They paid for my Reiki training. I mean, just all the things I wanted to do. So it was amazing. And it has, it still is. Well, it sounded like you were, the universe was responding to, to you. Can you, for those who are not in medicine, you know, we're, we're throwing around this term integrative medicine and people might not understand or know what that is. Can you kind of just speak to how that say is different from a regular internist that someone might see? Right. So the way I've always described it, and I might have to update my 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 description, but it's it's really um, an umbrella term for all things that blend allopathic medicine and other modalities. So I've seen chiropractor clinics call themselves integrative because they have a, a physical therapist or a massage therapist. Um, I've seen uh, you know. There are integrative medicine practices at cancer centers where they teach nutrition. So it really is a very broad term 
that um, can have various modalities brought all together. And the, what, but what I practice is kind of a blend of um, allopathic, you know, internal medicine and uh, more. I've, I've learned medical acupuncture. I've learned nutrition. I've learned uh, functional medicine, which is a totally different key keyword uh, buzz term. And uh, you know, we it's, it's a, it's whole person medicine, really. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what it is. So we start, we uh, spend an hour with a patient to start and we go into their lifestyle, every aspect of it, sleep, community, uh, nutrition, uh, dietary. I mean, like I already said that, but you know what I mean? Stress, uh, stress reduction methods that they use, uh, what brings them joy, you know, it ranges the gamut. And of course, all the while getting all the medical history and going through each and, uh, you know, part of that. So it's a really comprehensive way to practice medicine. I just think it's good medicine, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say. It sounds like good old fashioned medicine where there is time and space for people to be heard and listened to. And mm-hmm. kind of also, I'm sure to make connections between say symptoms and ways of being that otherwise right? I've, I'm an ophthalmologist, so I'm one of the super specialists, but one of the things I, I feel right now in, in medicine, my dad was a um, kind of an old fashioned family practitioner who, when he hears about integrative and functional medicine, he kind of smiles. Cause I think that's what he always did. You know, I grew up going on house calls with him on the weekends, um, but it's this reductive look, right? And so I love that, that it sounds like you're sort of bringing that wholeness back into the picture. And um, rather than if someone has, you know, a symptom in their eye, you send them to the eye specialist, you know, so you can kind of the whole picture. And um, that seems to be in, it's pretty rare these days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's growing um, pretty exponentially. So I'm, it's pretty amazing to see how, how rapidly people are adopting and, you know, even regular. I live in Austin. It's a pretty health forward city where it's Mm -hmm. very highly educated population in terms of health. And even when I first moved here, I was like six years, seven years ago, almost, I uh, really didn't feel like I was needed because even the primary care doctors were recommending yoga positions and deep belly breathing and, you know, tea tree oil. And, you know, and I was like, oh my God, this is, they're doing what I do and they take insurance and I don't. And, you know, why would anyone want to see me? And, you know, but there's that's whole, those are mindset, uh, absolutely uh, and ego, but I, I have learned that there's enough, there are plenty of people to be seen and enough to go around, which has absolutely. been a good lesson to learn. Yeah. And something that I was interested to talk to you about is this Austin Wellness Collaborative that it looks like you founded a number of years ago. And I love the description on the website saying, you know, that you're seeking to break down the silos that keep health and wellness professionals separated. Yeah. And that's really exciting to me. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So that, that came as a spark during a conversation I had with a massage therapist. He was it was not a relaxing massage. <laughs> he's like, he's known as Mr. Fix it. He is with elbows and your gluteus and it hurt. Right. And he's yeah. talking the whole time. He's very animated, very 
energetic. And I'm like, ah, you know, but he's a friend. And we had kind of started a discussion on what does networking versus um, collaboration look like? What are, because networking, it's just like, give me your card. I'll call you. You call me, you know, mm-hmm. collaboration is actually like, let's work together. Let's do this. So, um, cause we all bring different things to the table. And so I, I, you know, had this insight to start a Facebook group cause I'm little Facebook addicted. And, uh, you know, I, and I had run a a group or two before. So I was just like, okay, let's do it. I brought all these people together that I had already met it back in here in Austin. And, um, it just grew. I mean, it just grew organically, like something, apparently it was something that was needed and (laughs) people were really intrigued by it. So my, my whole intention was, yes, like we all have different labels and identities and trainings and letters behind our name, but like at the core of it, we're all still human and we need support and community and we're business owners, the majority of us. And we don't see the light of day other than our clients or patients. And so we need to come together and really share resources. Like maybe there's a great tax prep thing that you can learn or, um, some hack to, I don't know, make your business flow easier, or you need referrals. I mean, that's, that's really the main thing that has come out of it is referrals and, um, just collaboration in that regard. Some people have come together and done workshops together or, you know, retreats. And it's really been an awesome experience. I, you know, it's not as active. I, we used to have monthly meetups and it was all on me and I was constantly like adding people and, and the pandemic definitely, you know, we were set to have our, the most amazing meetup ever. We had, there was chef, a chef catering and uh, there was going to be a drum circle, like the rhythmic drumming for meditation. And it was at this beautiful venue outdoors and we literally had to cancel it within like two days before. And it was horrible. Um, the chef freaked out because she had all this food already made um, or in the process, you know, and right. yeah, understandably, but regardless, you know, we, it's still a very strong and active Facebook group, but um, my desire to constantly herd cats has kind of, lessened. I don't feel the need to be the mother hen so much anymore. And I've, I'm allowing other people to kind of take over. So especially now that I own my own practice and I have to, you know, I'm balanced. Yeah. Yeah. But it's an amazing group. And if you're in Austin, if you're listening and you're a health and wellness professional, you're welcome to join. It's free and uh, lots of amazing people in there. And how do you think that true collaboration kind of, I love that image of the silos because I truly believe that most people go into the healing arts with this desire, like you talked about to make the world better. And, um, sure. Sometimes it can be like that helper syndrome that we all get burned out from, but I think there is a pureness of heart to try to make the world a better place and ease suffering. And then we get into these silos with different letters behind our names. And it's like, we never talk again. Right. Or we, we then become, we think that our way is the only way. Um, And not everyone thinks this, but even if you don't think that it's, it's kind of becomes difficult to know how to bridge that gap. And so 
Um, I would love to hear your vision or your ideas about how to really do that. It's, it takes a lot of laying down your ego. I mean, that's bottom line. Like it's realizing you do not know everything and you don't have all the answers. And you, I tell my patients this all the time. It's just my patients. Like I don't, I am not more gifted than anyone else with, you know, universal knowledge. I just happen to have spent a lot of time in school and now I can guide you, you know, but you know, your body the best, right? So, you know, what's going to work for you. Um, I think that as MDs in particular, we get, uh, our egos are, have been built up and up and up. And we are, you know, the seen or thought, we think that we are the Holy Grail and the Panacea and, you know, that's just not, the truth. There are many different ways to nirvana. So what what works for one doesn't work for another. And I think we have to put down our guards. You know, it's making ourselves vulnerable. Yes. And, you know, Brene Brown has kicking it up. I love that she's from Houston as well. So I'm I'm a Houston girl. Um, You know, and we have to let our egos like relax at least just, and just hear someone else out their perspective. And, and and you may not agree. It's okay. But at least you're, you know, being open-minded and open and experiencing other ways of being and healing is, is key. I mean, I'm always the one who's like, Oh, I'll try that. I want to go try that. I want to go try that. Cause I don't, I just like to try new things and that. So, you know, I think Obviously, if you're not, if you can't do that, like then this type of work is not for you. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. We also need super specialists who are the best at what they do and and don't deviate. And I we need that too, right? So um I think it's just a that we need everything. We need it all. We need the the energy workers and we need the you know, and we have to use discernment, obviously, if something doesn't sit right, like that's not, then you don't want to use that practitioner. Right. So I can also see the the benefit though, of a collaboration, such as the Austin wellness collaborative for people, for patient, like non-healthcare workers to kind of, um, create a pathway or, you know, I think a lot of times there's, um, you're a a wonderful kind of home base for your patients as an integrative primary care physician. A lot of people don't have that and maybe it's growing, but I still think there's, um, there's a lot of people who, you know, want to get healthier, maybe want to try those new things and just don't have guidance or know where to go. And so it seems like that could also be a use of that collaborative somehow. Yeah. My initial idea was to have, um, even just in Austin, like hubs, of practitioners that work together, like an integrator with functional medicine doc and a health coach. And, but you're like the go-tos in that area or, you know, and like a discount card and you get discounts. Yeah. And then I wanted to grow it to other cities and, you know, but you have to have people who are dedicated to growing and doing those things. So it, it just became too much for me. I was working part-time and part-time and part-time, like I had two part-time real jobs and they're, you know, what part-time equals really full-time. And yes. 
<laughs> and uh well for for doctoring it for sure is and uh you know it just um I couldn't do everything so yeah. I just had to yeah and we can hold that larger vision for the future you know yeah I think it would be amazing and and there are there are collaborations popping up I get um you know even just small practices that have multiple practitioners of different types in it, you know, and it's just supporting people, um, where they are and what they, for what they need. So it's, it's definitely, this is not new. This is like really old coming back, you know, this is like the healer and the medicine woman and the, you know, or I don't know, the herbalist and the, the spiritual healer and, and it's all intertwined and, um, works well together because and then you need the bone setter and you need you know like you, we need everyone and because there, there's so much illness and sickness around yeah on on all different levels so spiritual mm-hmm. emotional physical so yeah and I applaud you for you know I think um I think visionaries the people who are come kind of popping up who have who have been here but who maybe um, I see even in the last 10 years, there's more of a willingness to talk about, um, you know, blending and walking the edge and pushing boundaries in terms of um, the box, whatever box you're in. I think it is challenging in the beginning, right? Because you're you're kind of pushing against a system that is entrenched and that has insurance companies behind it. So um, right. it is tire- it can be tiring work, but I think you know, to hold some, some degree of that vision. Um, because I think it's what's coming. I think it's what needs to come. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely, we're on that like precipice. It's, Mm -hmm. it's happening. And, you know, the more people, I think where I even got the idea to just practice the way I practice, not just from, you know, being mentored, but I saw it every day in my clinics, like my patients brought in uh, have you heard of, you know, they would give me, have you heard of this or, um, my healer for, you know, from, like, we were close to Mexico, my healer from Mexico said this, whatever it is, um, traditional folk healing. And it, I just get excited about that stuff. So I'm like, Oh, tell me more. Like, I want to, what, did, what does that mean what, to you? And what does that say? Um, did you try it? You know, most of the time it's not harmful. Most of the time, there are obviously some things that I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> um, a lot. Of, there are a few things, but um, you know, I think belief is a powerful thing that we should be leveraging. We, all, you and I, we both know about the placebo and effect, and how it's already being utilized a little bit in medicine. So why not like capitalize on that and use it? It's as the most powerful thing. And then the doctor patient relationship has that effect, you know, so I I'm, I'm all about doing the least harm. And honestly, a lot of these things are a lot less harmful than, than surgeries and procedures and mm-hmm. a lot of medications. They all every, for every cause there's an effect. So I, you know, and the healing, I, I just think the healing relationship of um, of a patient 
you know, being able to bring forth what they're actually doing, supplements they're actually taking, things they're trying without fear of judgment or is so helpful. It's key. I mean, if I just can't even wrap my head around the fact that people would be shamed for for trying to take ownership of their health. Mm-hmm. Trying. Maybe it's not working, but at least they're trying, right? So like if they feel they have the money to spend on these things, then like, it's okay. Right. To me, at least. And as long as it's not harmful. So we, I think allopath, allopathic docs have done a not great job of managing chronic illness. We weren't really trained for it it, to do it more than using meds and surgery. And um, that's just our training. And we have to acknowledge that it's, you know, why are we burying our heads in the sand about it when we can just say, okay, yeah, that's not my training, but this person over here can teach you all the nutrition that you need. And maybe I'll go learn a little bit and bring it back to me and tell me all about it. Right. And try this, you know, herb that has been used for thousands of years in other cultures, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I I personally don't think there is. Um, So to be shamed for trying to take care of your own, your own self, your own body and in the way that feels good to you. I mean, to me, I I don't get that. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think the way that you're describing practicing, um, is a more feminine way of, of being a more, you know, that collaborative, um, creative, uh, nurturing way of healing can go a long way. I feel in our society right now. Right. I am a cancer rising. So very, (laughs) very nurturing in that way. But yeah, I I agree. And it's, it's needed. We, 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 this is the future. It's already happening and we just need to embrace it some more. So I'm all about it. Can we talk a little bit about kind of, you mentioned Brene Brown and that's, I love her work. I love what she's doing in the world. And, you know, this podcast is called the whole here the wholehearted healer. And so um, how do you practice? How do you remain wholehearted given, you know, that you're trying to really remember or bring back this way of healing that, like you said, is ancient in its roots, but revolutionary, really it is rising, but it's still, it's still being birthed into the world. So how do you not get worn out, burned out, fried, all the, all the buzzwords that we hear right now. Oh, I do. Don't get me wrong. I do. Yeah. Um, I think slowing down, I actually, so I am fortunate. I work for myself. I, you know, fortunate. And that comes with its own issue. I don't have any benefits that I don't pay for by myself. Um, so I work for myself. I set my own schedule. I set my pricing. I don't take cash. Um, and I'm able to do work that I feel good or great about actually, you know, that helps me stay whole and grounded. And if I'm, you know, needing a week off, I book out a week and, you know, that is my medicine. I have to do that stuff. I, if I don't, I've worked in the systems I've worked you know, I did my fellowship was an insurance-based practice. And actually it was great because we knew, you know, it was, it, it was very balanced for me. Um, 
And then I took a job in New Mexico and that was not great for me. That was exhausting and burning. I burnt, I've burnt out multiple times. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's kind of a occupational hazard at this point. Um, So, you know, I think just listening to our own intuition, our own knowledge and our own taking our own advice. Like I tell people to rest and, but do you, I mean, how often do we actually rest without stimulation and just rest? So sometimes it comes in forced, forced waves as an illness. Um, I had COVID a, a month and a half ago and I needed it. I'm not going to lie. I needed to rest. And I did, thankfully. So um, I even got to the point where I was like bored, you know, and that hasn't happened in a long, long, <laughs> long, long, long time. So, you know, we just are the war as physicians. I can only speak for healthcare professionals in general. We are one of the worst people at taking our own advice. So I really do try. There are some exceptions that I still make and I'm working on those, but we, (laughs) you know, I have a a strong addiction to dark chocolate. I do eat way too much of it. So, (laughs) but, um, you know, sleep is key prioritizing these things. I mean, like my friends know I'm in bed at nine 30, my phone's off. Like, I mean, there are some exceptions, you know, but we really have to walk our walk if we're going to transform. Now, I will say I work right currently. I've, I know an, a naturopathic physician and she, she walks this walk. I mean, she is tried and true. And like, I, I, I my hat goes off to her because like most of us are still hustle, bustle, get it done, do, do, do. And she's, she'll get to it when she gets to it. Actually, a lot of people in my world are that way. They're grounded. They're not, you know, they're, they're just trusting that the money comes and whatever they have, they don't have to like hustle like, or spin their wheels. Right. Well, like you mentioned, I think many of us I mean, in the healthcare profession are just, if you're a busy mom juggling work or oh, yeah. all the things that come along with being a busy mom, I think we've all had that sort of where we learn our lesson, right? I, I call it the two by four from the universe, where if you don't listen to the whisper, you get, you know, COVID or some other thing that kind of forces us to slow down. And then we think we've figured it out and we do for a while, and then we fall back into patterns. And so that kind of up and down. And then I think eventually, if we really learn the lesson, we we adopt the change for real, like you're, you're referencing with your friend, because we know that um, if we want to sustain this kind of work in the world, yeah, it's the only way. Right. And, and people see us, right. So they can feel us too. Like if we're hustle, bustle, anxious, um, you're just going to try, A, you're going to attract more of that and B, they're going to feel it in their visit and not, maybe not get as much out of it as they could. Now I'm not, you know, nobody's perfect and nobody can, that's impossible. So I, I am in ebbs and flows and right now I'm in a much more grounded place than I was just a few weeks ago, you know? So it, it, yeah. it comes and goes and, um, well, and that's beautiful too. I mean, that it doesn't take, you know, cause someone listening who may feel totally 
depleted right now that it, when, when you do some of these practices that we know are helpful, right? Structure and sleep and eating healthy and, you know, detaching our arm from the device to the cell phone doesn't take that long. The body knows how to find equilibrium. Yeah. I think one of the most important things that I've learned these last few years is delegation and not micromanaging the delegation and just allowing. And I think for moms, that's probably the hardest or Mm -hmm. from what I can see families, someone who's running a family and is the head, uh, you're, you know, perfection is not, you don't need to have be perfect. Like why does the house need to be perfect all the time? Like what can you just allow some of that stress that it puts on you? You're the only one who's stressed about it usually. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking of a lot of my patients and my friends and I don't have children, but I can imagine. And, you know, like, it's okay. It can wait till the weekend. The dishes can be done the next day. Like it doesn't have to be everything right now. Perfect. I get it. You know, if you're, you want to just get it done. So it's done, but you know, I think we're putting a lot of undue stress on ourselves where we're doing what families used to do as a, as a, like a group, like there were multiple caretakers in a home and not just one or two. And it's just very stressful for people. So I hope that people can kind of just allow some of that to. Yeah. And that allowing translates to the nervous system and to, right. And hopefully how we sleep and how we can actually rest. Like you mentioned a hundred percent, you know, so I, I think we've got a long way to go. Technology has helped, but it's also not helped. It's made things worse. And we really just need to be getting in the dirt, grounding, going for walks outside, you know, when it's not a thousand degrees outside <laughs> yes. or, or negative, whatever in <laughs> the cold uh, latitudes. So, yeah. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for your time. I'm wondering, do you, if someone listening says like, oh, I want Ashley as my doctor, do you take, um, are you limited to Texas patients? I am. Yes. Yeah. My new, um, physician, she just came on board in July. She sees patients in Texas and Illinois. Okay. Yeah. But other than that, we are a Texas based clinic. Well, there's plenty of Texans benefit from, from your help and anyone listening um, from Chicago or Illinois. um, I will definitely link your website. And thank you for the work you're doing. I hope that that Austin Wellness Collaborative continues to grow. I think it's a fantastic idea that I hope is adopted in other in other cities. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would love that. So if you know of anyone, let me know and I'll, I can tell, you know, kind of coach them how I did it and what to do step-by-step. Step. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome.